in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. <laughs> and we are here to count down this uh, fun list today uh, in honor of Ad Astra coming out. Correct. This film uh, with Brad Pitt, a space movie. We've done a bunch. We've, do- we've done Top Ten Space Movies already. We've done a number of things. We just recently did a Top Ten Stanley Tucci Movies. Uh, but we thought we'd go dip back into the actor well uh, and uh, explore this with uh, our top ten Brad Pitt movies. And we uh, did that because uh, I asked for it. I called in a request and said, hey, can we do this? Because it's really easy to walk, just read down somebody's IMDb. And I don't want to have to use my brain to, you know, in essence right now, if I don't have to. Yeah. I'm at the tail end of a bunch of work. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get that work done. Can we simplify my life in other areas? And the best part is I love this list is 15 for me, 16. Yeah. Solid. Oh, Solid. wow, 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 wow. Not okay. even joking. Just like, you know what? People may argue with me. That is not an objectively good film. But I like him in it so much. Fair. He sells me on the overall. Like mm-hmm. Troy. Troy's not making my list. I like no. him as Achilles. Right. I find it interesting. I think the movie as a whole is like, meh. I don't fault him for it. I would like to see more of him as Achilles. I've got two that will be on your list that are not on mine. Okay. Guaranteed. I love how you keep guessing my list, man. I, one for sure, hundred percent. You're gonna be like, what? And you're yeah. gonna go crazy, and <laughs> your hair is gonna stand up just a little bit. It's gonna defy the gel and push up just there a little is bit more. No gel. How exactly? Are you saying that's a genetic trait, and your no. hair just stands up no. on end like that? I don't use gel, though. It's a different. It's a. It's oh, a. Really, it looks it's like a it's styling a gel. pomade. Is what it is. It's okay. supposed to look spiky. Look, it's supposed to give the spiky look, but it's not gel. I used to wear gel way well, back in the old days. It has a slight sheen to it. Yeah, but it isn't prick. Like, gel makes your hair prickly. Okay. My hair is not prickly. It's smooth. Yeah, I, I use a molding clay mold, yeah. mud thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I do stuff too. Well, well, welcome to metrosexual talk today. We're going to talk about dude, how we style our hair. I don't know. It's a buddy of mine walked in. I was like, bro, <laughs> great hair. What did you use? What are you using? On I swear your- to God. And he was like, oh, this is years ago. It was the first time I ever tried anything other than gel and right. all the stuff I was new. And it was something by a dude that had TV shows, Jeffrey something or other. Okay. He may still have, I think I've seen a bill. He's got a place in Beverly Hills. Wow. And it's called Dirt. Oh, Jeffrey Chaz Dean. Yeah, yeah, something. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was his and it was dirt. And it was made to you know, look like it was no fuss, no muss hair, but somehow it still looks pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, but literally, he walked in. I was a bartender at this the comedy store in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. It's well, you know, it's a comic, but I worked as a door guy. I worked as this job. I've done every yeah. job in that club. And he walked in, and uh, he was down for the weekend. And I was like, dude, <laughs> oh, he's already a handsome man. Yeah, and it's kind of it's one of those things. If it's unfortunate because he can pull off everything, and you're over here just trying, you know, you look like <laughs> JV. Right, right. And there's varsity. It's like that dude didn't even have to try. That's pure confidence of varsity. You're like, I can't even come close to that. Uh, <laughs> he's a man that was in uh, a number of movies back in the day. Oh, really? Huh? 
Interesting. He's in uh, Can't Buy Me Love and Teen Wolf. Oh, that guy. Court? Yeah. 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 We can have, I'll ask him if, see if he wants to be on sometime. I would love to have him on, dude. He is, because uh, he, he's the, was he the, uh, the was he the villain in one of the, or was he the, over, or the heavyset guy? In what? In Team Wolf. Team Wolf? No, yeah. he was one of the good guys. One of the miscellaneous basketball players. He had a bigger role in Can't Buy Me Love, but I haven't okay. seen that in so long. I would be lying if I could tell you specifically. I yeah. just remember uh, what's his name on the, the riding mower at the end. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That is the yeah, calling right. card of that movie, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Right. I already know what the arc of it is. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So I, I get it. I just thought it was like some new gel type of product. Not specifically gel. It's not mm-hmm. like you're out buying the L.A. gear of gel world. It's like something that's, wow, you found that on lo- Walmart's lowest shelf. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, so, Pitt, I mean, legit, 1560. Yeah. I was on the phone with my brother on the way over here, and he's like, you got this? I'm like, no. And he's like, are you kidding me? What about this? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Sorry, it, and it hurts me to say these. It's on a, a contention. It's a, it's this is going to be interesting because he's got a lot of interesting uh, uh, films on here that in, in many different genres to explore. So I'm excited to jump into this thing and figure it all out as we go along. But um, anything we need to cover before we jump into this? I mean, I know we're kind of we don't we're not we're not doing our usual banter ahead of time. Uh, anything you want to discuss? You doing well? Everything's uh, fine. I'm doing well. Uh, there is that. So last week you yeah. made a call to arms, oh. asking, "Hey, what's somebody out there? Just put together a list of like the most movies we've ever." Oh yeah, somebody did that. Uh, Mister, I took a screen capture of it. Kevin Riordan. Okay. R I O R D A N. He yeah. did this over at Facebook. We thank you for it. Thank you, Kevin. So, oh, why did you do that? Uh, he's got the top ten. He so he did it by. Number of actual times it's come up on the show. And then he also gave a score to where it placed on the list. Wow. So I guess a one would be worth 10 points. A 10 would be worth one. Oh, point. interesting. And then did that. Okay. So by that metric, the number three is our number one movie. But it's not the most mentioned movie. Okay. So 10 is Boogie Nights. Wow. Uh, these, wait, wait. No, wait. No, I want to make sure this is correct. You say mentioned. You mean ranked. Yeah. It's been okay. on our list. Okay. Okay. A total of 10 times. I've had it six. You've had it four. Okay. And its score amongst those 10 times was an 82. Okay. And I believe that's how the scoring system works. That's what I'm just guessing. Did he no. go all the way back to our... To our collider days. Oh, okay. So, so not all the way to back the to car chase days. Somebody okay. else can do that. Go all the way back to car chases. Number that's one. what I meant. So you took half I know, my call to action. But he also put in... That's still yeah, two was, years worth of work. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. So in that time, Schindler's List was nine. And that was six me. That's shocking. For you. Wow. Braveheart was uh, yeah, number eight. That makes sense. Six me, four you. Thor Ragnarok. This blew me away. I figured I'd have it more. I got five. You got it six. Came mm, up 11 times. Okay. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, 11 times, six to your five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, my five to your seven. Wow. Logan. I already knew you won this one. This, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Of course. Uh, five to seven. Yeah. Dark Knight is the number three. So wow. I brought it up seven times. You brought it up six times. Uh-huh. It scores 124. Wow. So it destroyed all other scores. Mm-hmm. The next closest is Malcolm X, which I was blown away by. It's come up that many times. Wow. But uh, seven and seven. Seven huh. apiece. Okay. And then Road to Perdition, 
is numero uno. Yeah, no surprise. No surprise. Yeah. And that was what provoked it. How many times? Yeah. And that is eight me, seven you, but it scores 70. So Dark Knight was a 124. Wow. So Dark Knight is always at the top when it comes up. That's the thing. Yeah. It crushes the conversation when it's in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It being a comic book movie, though, moves it down a little bit. <laughs> Fair well, it just enough. doesn't come up as often as Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition fits in mob movies, is there a, crime movies. Is there a film you're surprised it wasn't on the top ten list that w- that we talk about? There's a, a what? I'm sorry. Is there a film that you were surprised about that wasn't on the top ten list that we talk about a lot? Uh, no. Upon looking at that list, um, seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, by and okay. large, I'm I'm sure there's a numerous movies that have been listed, come up nine times and yeah. come up eight times and and done its you know, thing. By the time that he does this, say January first, we could have had number. Eight, nine, ten drop out, and two other things jump in and take their place. I think we're dropping the ball here. Why is that? Because there's no romantic comedies on that list. Uh, Man, those, we're, we're not servicing our uh, romantic comedy friends or fans well. We need to get. We need to make adjustments to that in 2020. Not this year. We've already picked our topics for this year. But in 2020, <laughs> we have. We have. That is unfortunately a done deal. Yeah. Sorry, guys and ladies. Yeah, we've we've baked in other things. And we are, you know, attempting to do that as much as we possibly can. We are. We are. We're not overt about any of it. No, no. Uh, we just look at each week and go, what sparks our interest? What, what do we want to do? Yeah. Yeah. And I am literally, we're having this discussion. I'm also reordering my list. Of as course you are. This discussion. That's standard for Matt Nose. Re-ordering that is not the standard. Before we start. As we're talking. Every single time. Okay. Well, that's a lie. <laughs> it is. Every single time. That's a lie. You're always looking at it and adjusting it before we start. I come with my list ready. I'm, I'm going wholesale. What does wholesale, wholesale mean? Top to bottom. I have just reordered like numerous positions. Sometimes it's just I make arrows. You know what? I'm yeah. switching these two things. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay. But you also don't even number yours. Yours are just words on a page. Well, say my number and mine. at the end, you're like, up, 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 uh, what number was what? Hold on. Let me count down from the top. Because I could just put a number in there. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to deny that that has happened on occasion. On that is not occasion. my standard way the of doing The preponderance of times. The, the body of... Work indicates that is your default setting. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah, I thought I could do it by sight most of the time. It's not that 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 mm-hmm. is true. And that's uh, a lie. I remember one of our fans called us out, going, "Roku's being lazy because you can tell that he has a number of the things." And it's like, "Kiss my ass! I know what's where." All right. So for yeah. Brad Pitt. So many choices. Have you, did you all, if you're patrons, have you all enjoyed our, our live shows that we've been dropping? Did you guys enjoy those three live shows that we dropped last week? I hope you did. I hope you enjoyed it. There was, if you're a patron and you haven't watched our live shows, well, live shows, what I, I, I guess I shouldn't say live shows, our shows that we did on camera, our video shows. We had a review for It Chapter 2. We had um, a topic thunder that dropped. And we also had our regular show from last week that was on camera. Those are for the patrons, $20 and up. Our thanks goes out to uh, Mike Shea and Joe Obara for helping us, you know, bring that to all of you. And to Chris Alexakos, Kristen Smith, Matthew Hasso, everybody that helps us. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mr. Riordan that uh, gave us that great list. Yes. To go back. We'd actually love if anybody wants to tackle it because after you do the the bit of work in the beginning, it's over. But we'd love a master list. Yeah. Something to consult because when we go to try and think of new topics and whatnot, it'd be nice to have a searchable list. Just a spreadsheet or something. We go, have we ever done? And you put in a keyword. And, oh, no, we haven't. Yeah. It would make life easier. If someone could create a Google Doc that lists all our topics from our first show, which is Top 10 Car Chases, 
all the way through um, the Collider on camera show to when we came back to now. So everything, all the topics, not not the top, not the Thunderdomes, not the Realists, not any of that stuff. The main show topics. If you create a, a Google Doc for us or listen, that's uh, uh, we will give you a massive shout out on the show. Yeah, forever. Even, even give your social media shout out if you've got a podcast or a show you so you that you do. We'll give love to that show as well. And thereafter, then it's just adding one a week. Right, right. Which would be easier for us. Super, super duper easy. Yeah. Or if you want to maintain that and you want to be the official list, the list taker. Absolutely. We create a position of of glory and honor amongst. He is the official list taker. He or she. He or she. I apologize. I just in my head was picturing some, you know, uh, King Arthur's court and some guy walks in. (laughs) With a long beard and a scroll. And yes, and he has to like rifle through and go back just centuries upon centuries. Like what they do in Game of Thrones. Right, right. When he's, you know, trying to find the lineage of certain houses. I think it's like the Bible. He begat and it begat and this mm-hmm. begat this. This begat, begat this. That. Begat this. <laughs> wow, really? 12 pages of this? That's a lot of begats. There are. Uh, yeah, I, I would love that if we had an official person who was in charge of our topics, like in terms of writing them down and logging them correctly. Absolutely, we'd give that person a shout out as much as we give Mike Shea a shout out or, yeah. or Alex Sakos or Kristen or Joe. Plus, Ibarra. they get a title, the official keeper of the list. That's right. Yes. The official keeper of the list. <laughs> yes. On November of 2018, top 10 Tom Cruise. I like it. Your guy's more Edwardian. And he's got like a a monocle. He's almost a Mr. Peanuts, but a person. I don't trust people who are using outhouses in the medieval times. I'll take an Edwardian person who's a bit more intelligent. Okay, so you're disavowing about 99.9% of all human history is what you're saying? (laughs) What? What? We just got indoor plumbing? Not just. It's been a few decades. It's been more than a few decades. That we've had indoor plumbing? Yeah. Well, then. It's about a century. Then? But humans have been around for how long? And you're just like, all of you before? Fuck off. Yeah, basically. Although you could say the Romans. Romans had plumbing. Yeah, they had a, right? They had the aqueduct and all that kind of jazz? Yeah, they had, and it was. Running water? That's one of the many advantages they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or, you know. You're a big Romans guy, man. It's fascinating. Do you ever dress up as a Roman and just lay down in bed and feel what <laughs> No, it's but like? I probably should now that you say it, you know? <laughs> if I could get somebody to feed me grapes and fan me with a palm leaf. <laughs> Wait, yes. are you a toga Roman or a centurion Roman? Which Roman are you? Which ones do you know the names of? <laughs> what do you mean, in history or in the films? In history. By well, and large. Well, the emperors, yeah. Emperors, okay. senators. Right. That's when you say Roman, I don't think of, oh, I got to go up to Gaul and fight Germanic tribes. I think of the inner out, the politics of Rome itself is the first thing that comes to mind. So right. that's, of course, that's how I. You're a Charles Lawton in Spartacus. Type. Uh, you know, you ever so... seen the hedonism bot on Futurama? <laughs> no, I don't watch Futurama. So it's really good. Okay. My friend Eric Rogers uh, wrote on the show. He won an, oh, really? He won an Emmy for the. Um, uh, what is it? Something of the Clamps. It's Something of the Clamps. Some episode called Something of the Clamps. I'd have to see it, but I know I've watched it. I've yeah. watched all the seasons several times, plus all the movies. Yeah. It was like their kind of mafia one that they did, and I can't remember what. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was talking about. He he wrote that, and so he's one one of the writers on it. And so like, yeah, it was a big deal. I remember we all got together at this uh, uh, bar downtown where we have this club called Drink and Draw a Club that our friends started. Dan Panosha, a couple of the comic book writers, uh, Dave Johnson, and we went down there because Eric's episode happened to be screaming screening that same night on Fox. So we rented out this room where people came and had signings and all this kind of jazz. And then when the show started, everybody shut the fuck up and we watched the show. It was pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it was cool. He, he, Eric's great. He's a showrunner uh, for a number of animated films, and he's cast or shows rather. Than he's cast me in a couple of things, which is really nice of him. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, Matt Nost. We're to talk about a top ten Brad Pitt films or movies, uh, and we're gonna um, have a little fun. There's some doozies on my list, some doozies on your list, I imagine. So, uh, do you want to tell them how the show works? Once we set a topic, we go our personal ways and create individual top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. All right. Break it down, son. I literally reordered, and I wrote it in the same order. Are you happy with this? Because it's a final list. Are you happy with this as a final list? I'm trying to squeeze on another movie. How can There's only ten. I know. You're not going to do 10A, 10B. We're not doing I, I've never done 10A, 10B. Hmm. I always make a choice and say, here the two are going, but I'm making a choice of. Okay. It's not like you when we did duos. I can't remember what it was for, like action duos, and then you snuck in Han, Leia, and Luke, and you're like, well, that's a trio, motherfucker. That was four years ago. You still haven't let me go. I've forgotten that thing. But that's an example, whereas yours is sure, just sure. hypothetical because you don't have an example. I have proof. That's because I'm an old man and things go out of my head. Go ahead. Suddenly. Suddenly. Suddenly an old man. It's convenient. And then other times, your memory is amazing. Well, true, true. So like uh, you track. selectively forget what you choose to forget at times. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. <laughs> as is your right as a human being. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I just came with evidence. So, Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. At 10, I've got Killing Them Softly. Ooh, okay. Nice choice. Good film. Not on my list. It's a very small, quiet Simple mm-hmm. film about, you know, a hitman, so to speak, but he's never, it, it seems more true to life. Okay. A job needs to be done, and he brings in somebody to help do the job, right. whatever else, and then ultimately he's got to do the job. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's interesting if you go, I haven't sat down to actually think about the, all of the story that they're trying to tell, because the backdrop throughout the entire thing is the economic downfall. So anytime a radio is on or a TV is on, you hear... President Bush, and then later on, President Obama. Right, right. Talking about the financial crisis, the looming crisis, here it comes, and then we are all one people. And meanwhile, they are representative of what is actually happening in the streets. It Mm -hmm. looks like it's happening in Detroit. Yeah. It's just destroyed inner city and sparse existence, and we're all out here rats scrambling for crumbs. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, this backdrop of all these people making decisions that fucked over... Here's what the day-to-day reality is. Yeah. And I, I liked it because he's playing a heavy, but he's not hamming over the top as no. a heavy, just through confidence and sheer force of will. Yeah. And I think I will go back to rewatch it for that reason, and that's why it sneaks on instead of another one, which that one had that one made, it probably would have been number nine. Okay. One of those type of things, but I, yeah. I knocked that off. Okay. Respect. Yeah. I remember seeing it, I saw it once, I remember and feeling the same way, that he didn't overdo it. It's very chill. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the um, the seventies look, eighties look of it, and everything that happened around that time. 
And then, uh, well, no, this would have been. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Early right. 2000s. Just the way they were looking. I like the leather. Mid 2000s. The leather jackets and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I dug. I dug the way they looked. And, and Brad Pitt was badass with the sunglasses, and everything like that about him. And the, so I remember that much about it. Um, is Gandolfini in Gandolfini's this? Gandolfini's in it. Right, right. Is the killer the, the new shit? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And Leota. Ray Leota's in this. Okay. He runs the card game that gets knocked off. Okay. Okay. And then, oh, the guy that's got a really interesting name, kind of like Skeet Ulrich, but doesn't look like that dude, but his name is, mm. in my head, I associate him the same as Walter Goggins. Okay. He was in Black Sea as the guy that worked for the company. He was in, he's done a lot of TV. Okay. He was in, uh, is there a scooter or something? Scooter? Uh, oh, Sco- uh, Scoot McNary? Scoot McNary. Oh, yeah. Scoot's great. And Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn's fantastic, yeah. So it's all solid top yeah, to bottom. absolutely. Good casting. I went, who, who directed that? Was it Dominic? I forget who directed I don't remember. I know when Pitt is firing his gun, they do extreme close-ups in the, the rain. Yeah. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The cinematography, it's got to be all CGI, but it looks, not all I CGI, right. but... Andrew Dominic. That's what else what has he done? Um... He did uh, two episodes of Mindhunter uh, from this recent season. Sounds about right. Uh, the Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Okay. It's one of my favorite fucking films. Chopper. Okay. The, I think Chopper was the one with uh, Tom Hardy, or is that the one with, what's his face? No, Eric Bana, who plays the, the legendary criminal. So he hasn't done much, man. He's only done one, two, three. No, one, two, three. Now, three films, and he's got two films coming out, bl- something called Blonde uh, with Anna de Armas and then and Adrian Brody, and then something coming out called War Party. Um, that I like just that got name. announced. Yeah, with Tom Hardy. Yeah, okay. So You've got my interest. It's interesting. It doesn't work a lot. How do, you, how do these people fund themselves, man? Do they just write or something like that? Like, it's not like these films made a lot of money, killed themselves with their assassination. <sighs> no, but who knows what he's... Doing on the side. He's got some sort of hustle. He must have some kind of shooting hustle. commercials or. Yeah, probably shooting commercials. Yeah. Probably. Where you make six figures in two weeks and then you don't have to work. Yeah, that's true. A buddy of mine uh, house sits for basically, he lives in Malibu mm-hmm. for free. He owns his own home, but they're over in this, the, what are they called? Uh, the grapevine. Okay. So he's got a home up in the mountains up in the grapevine. Okay. He used to, uh, um, he was one of the first professional wingsuit parachute guys in the world oh wow so back in the day if you saw like a mountain dew commercial or whatnot there was a damn good chance it was him Hmm. he was one of the first like five base jumpers in the world yeah yeah, yeah. type one of those dudes and now he's just he's retired he's long since retired (laughs) i'm chill now well it's you know you you jumped yeah for 20 something years 25 years it's a high mortality rate yeah in that world he's like i'm too old now he still goes out every once like he'll go to uh like the, the Alps and shit like that, and basically lives up on the mountain, and he jumps down once a day, yeah, and then takes the train back up, and then camps out up in the mountain overnight, and then he jumps down, and goes to, has beers or something, and then takes the train up at the end of the night, and just does that. Wow, yeah, that's how he okay. spends his vacations. Okay, uh, I can't remember what started the initial uh, commercial directors making money. Oh yeah, so then now the guy that he worked on a bunch of commercials, mm-hmm. he's out of town. Non-stop. He's gone for like three months, four months at a time. Okay. So he just goes out there and he lives at his dope-ass place out in Malibu that's got a gorgeous view and there's like a couple acres. Jesus. Yeah. And he's got a beehive out there and he wow. does a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, he just lives in Malibu. 
And then when the dude comes home, he's like, all right, I'm just going to go back to my house in the mountains. Right, right. Goes and lives at his house. He's retired. Doesn't, you know, it's like, it's not a bad life, man. No, true. Very true. Very chill life. All right, what's number nine? Uh, nine is World War Z. Okay, cool. Didn't make my list. For whatever reason, I, I have watched that a lot of times. Wow. Okay. A lot of times. He's good in the film. He is. Mm-hmm. And the, the flaws that people point out and the fact that once you find out what the book had in store. Yeah. Why it fell short of most people's expectations. Um, but I liked it. It reminded me, in, in essence, of like 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. You're giving me the genre new again. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Really quick transmission rate. But if they can sense that you have some sort of terminal illness, they move on. Yeah. That ending where he has to you know, come out and like walk down the hallway. Yeah. It's stupidly cinematic where... People are flooding past him because there's all the noise of, what was it, soda cans or something mm-hmm. falling out of, and they're all going, and he just, as they set up in the script earlier, he is a, a stone in a stream, and they're just flowing right past him. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked that, that scene on the plane. Oh, yeah. The terror. What, what do you do? You stack luggage? Yeah. I can't think of a better idea yeah and throwing a grenade you don't have much of a choice it's all very believable yeah and then he gets gored but doesn't die and they find the (laughs) uh, what is it it's not the it's not the cdc what do they find it's the un something or other for communicable diseases uh out in the middle of nowhere it's like you know it's very convenient that you crash not too far from this right you were headed there in that general direction but (laughs) uh overall i find the film Really interesting. Yeah. Agreed. I, I enjoy the film as well. Uh, you know, Pitt's good in the film. Um, uh, Morel Enos is good as his wife in the film as well. And all the stuff they take him through. The zombie stuff, the CG stuff is a little tough at times. I, I, I didn't mind a running zombie. That's a good new way to do it. And- you didn't like the... Way it looked, yeah. The way it looked was a little too unbelievable. Kind of like you know, yeah. There are moments in Matrix Revol- uh, Reloaded when they have the battle with Agent Smith. Yeah, the CGI just kind of throws you off from the reality of what you or pseudo reality of what you're watching. And so, in the end, it didn't 100 percent get there for me. But you know, I respect you putting on your list. Holy, it's when I was making the list and being honest with myself, it's like I, this thing already has a hold on me. Yeah, and it's kind of replaced one that may make your list. Okay, and would have. Eh, like a year ago, because I don't think even then. Yeah. I've seen that movie. Like a surprising when I started to think about it. I know it backwards and forwards. I've yeah. seen it so many times. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of for a long time a movie I could put on and fall asleep to. So. There's some great sequences in the film. Lord God, just the first opening sequence. But all the flaws Surely. that people have with it, I totally understand. Yeah. But yeah. for whatever reason, it works well enough for me to where now I can put it on any point and be like, I'm fine watching from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's your number eight? Eight is a Snatch. Oh, yeah, that's a punt. Okay. His yeah. part was small. That was my... If you say so. Yours. Go. <laughs> List. Can't wait to... Hey, punt. Hey, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number 10 is Interview with a Vampire. That was the World War Z. Oh, right. Fair enough. I was, if it's going to make my list, it's going to be number nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know that I'm going to watch that more. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I just respect the performance here a bit in the film. He's the best part to me. He really is. Oh, I mean, Kirsten is good, too. For, and, and Tom is fine. Right? Yeah, Tom's, Tom's fine. Tom's good. Absolutely not, no denigration of Tom Cruise in this film. But this is part of the cementing of Brad Pitt is going to be a part of my life for a while. Yeah, and I like the, like, the journey he goes on 
is so interesting and he plays the beats of the emotional change within the character so well mm-hmm. uh, and how he transitions and accepts this situation and in a moment of desperation he basically curses himself for the rest of his life with this kind of life thinking it could be something else and it's not and then the situation we're bringing in the young girl like all these things that he has to come to terms with mm-hmm. and of course Cruz is like you know, vitriolic, passionate defenses of what they they do. Uh, you are a killer, Louis. Uh, all of that uh, adds a lot of elements to the film that I really enjoy. And he plays it so well because he's still building as an actor. He's still coming into his True. own as an actor. And I like what he brought here. What I wish for that movie now, it was more of a final exploration of Pitt when, like, he's watching the sunrise on a movie mm. from that. Someone that's set in the reality of this is my life. What does that mean? Is someone who's not trying to attack right. you unless he has to. Right. And that worldview is utterly different. I've seen the throat ripping out. I've seen yeah. this. Right. What is immortality when you don't have friends? Yeah. Right. What's the point? When of you're anything. an alien. Exactly. Yeah. What, what is that struggle like? That was super interesting. Now, looking back, going back to watch it, mm-hmm. that's my favorite part, which is, I'm sure most people don't enjoy as much. They like the overall arc of the story. Yeah. I like the longing looking off into the distance, trying to figure out meaning in all mm-hmm. those. Who kills Slater at the end? Is it it's Brad Tom Pitt? Cruise. Or Tom Cruise, yeah. I thought it was Tom Cruise. That's the interview, and then they're driving, and he's in the backseat of yep. the convertible. And he's giving the same spiel that he gave to Brad Pitt, and that's when the, the Sympathy of the Devil comes back on. The, <laughs> it's good. It's yeah. Cinematically, it's, it's an excellent way to close the movie. Absolutely. But now, looking back, I, I prefer more the Pitt side. Mm-hmm. Understood. You, dude's got like 15. He does? Solid I'm, movies. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, number nine is Ocean's Eleven. That was one of the two I knew that you would have I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think it's good. Yeah. He's, yeah. Right. And this is such a fun movie. Really, 13 was fighting to overcome 11, but I think he does more in 11 than he does in 13. Okay. Um, because he is the person who's like figuring out that Danny is doing this, this shit to get julia roberts back the character of julia tess to get tess back into his life and he's like what the fuck are you doing so it's like he kind of takes over the situation Mm -hmm. or the movie itself from clooney and that's pretty fantastic so at the beginning he's a cool rusty guy doing his thing knows everything that he has to do teaching those kids how to play a poker game right he's doing his thing but and he's kind of second fiddle to the clooney storyline and then all of a sudden he becomes the, the, the top fiddle for a little while until the end, and I like that. And so it's more interesting than what he does in 13. 13 is just him, like, having fun. 11 is where he really kind of comes into the Well, they were all kind of having fun, 13. That's true. That's true. So I can't give it the same kind of notion. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's why it's uh, number nine. And I love him in the film. He's just so effortlessly cool, man. And I don't care what anybody says. Just because it's written that way doesn't mean you can play it that way. Oh, no. He can. Yeah. That's a very specific ability. Yeah. Because you also have to get all of us to agree. Yes. Cool. Yes. And nobody, when you know somebody is trying to be cool, yeah. there's nothing that looks uncooler than that. You can see right through it. You can. Yeah. And when he does it, you're like, that's yeah, fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of the inexplicable. It radiates. It does. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. why he's had a career for so long. Yeah. It took him a while to really figure out who he was. Yeah. I think on some level, he had early success and then like a feeling out period as oh, he's sure. experiencing different projects and right. whatnot. But he's it's never because he's a pretty face. No. He's always trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something uh, interesting and different. Yeah. 
if nothing else. He easily could be some vacuous just face. Oh, and sure. Coasting on looks. Yeah. But trying to find the, the measure of these individuals that he's playing and bringing to life mm-hmm. tons of different characters. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated about that. It's, it's just Ocean's, to me, is such an ensemble. Yeah. Um, I get that. If I'm going back for pit movies, I want other pit movies. Yeah. And if you're going to give me ensemble, it's the punt for you for Snatch. Okay. Because he's so unique within it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> You've said your piece. Now. I have said my piece. <laughs> what do you... Uh, eight is 12 Monkeys. Not on my list. Oh, wow. He's easily the best part of it. He's nominated for this. He's easily the best part. Yeah. I don't care for the rest of the movie by and large. Wow. I don't buy Bruce Willis and... Uh, uh, I'm blanking on her Oh, name. yeah. Um, and no. Uh, uh, Madeline Stowe. Yes, Madeline Stowe. Right. I don't buy their chemistry... I don't buy. Mm-hmm. I've never been sucked into that storyline. Him as the psychotic, you know, son of a rich, well-off man, family, yeah. whatever the case is, all that. He is nothing short of fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't. Okay. Go right ahead. Fair enough. I, I really like the movie, and, uh, and I enjoy Bruce Willis because it's one of the most restrained performances he's ever delivered. And Madeline Stowe is, it, this is Madeline Stowe la- as, like, her last gasp at being kind of a leading lady before she transitions into this kind of more character work and then eventually comes back, of course, in that show Revenge. And uh, now, lately, every once in a while, she'll pop up in something. And it's always great to see her. Um, but And, and Pitt's fantastic in this. It's such a... It could be an easily... A, a, like an overly done caricature, but he actually makes it believable and makes it unsettling and his switches in emotion and transition and all of it. You just kind of buy it all. And uh, he imbues it with this kind of like... Uh, I don't know, electricity that I really enjoy, which helps me enjoy the movie as well. And it's probably, honestly, it's close to maybe the best Terry Gilliam movie ever made. I'll be honest, in, in my opinion. Let me see if I've got this right here. If, uh, it, if it is the best Terry Gilliam movie, which I might be killing one of our future lists by uh, looking it up this way, but it's certainly, uh, certainly up there. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of... Uh, Brazil and these other more avant-garde films, but certainly as a director, I think Twelve Monkeys. I mean, oh, Fisher King, I guess is maybe a better one, but yeah, Fisher King is probably a better one. But I would, I would argue with Twelve Monkeys. Yes, of course. Um, all right, well, that's that's my choice. What's your uh, what's your number seven? My number seven mm-hmm. um, is uh, Moneyball. Holy shit, that's a punt. Okay. Wow. Okay. What's your I think six? I go back to rewatch these others more than that. That's why. That's fair. What's your number six? Six is uh, Big Short. Okay. Not on my list. Oh, really? It's an because ensemble it's... piece. It's such a massive ensemble piece that for me... His I... part is tiny. It is. And um, it's not as memorable as the other parts, I think, with Carell and Bale. The, to me, the whole, whole movie is memorable. Every part. Okay. Because I enjoy it that much. Fair enough. That's why it's made it... He plays, you know, the guy that... <laughs> Saw this coming and got out of the industry. Mm-hmm. Knew that it was corrupt and disgusting and, you know, just rotten from the core. Mm-hmm. So he got out years ago. Is living off the grid. Is, you know, doing all that stuff. Uh, so, yes, his part is small. But I know that I will rewatch that over and over mm-hmm. and over again because I do to this day. And every time it comes up, I like the fact that it sparks my brain into I learned something and had the emotional ride of trying to figure out how we got ourselves into this st- just crazy mess in yep. and of itself. Yep. I mean, it came up on both of our lists last week for yeah, Wall Street. It did. Um, it'll come up on, you know, if we did a Christian Bale, if we did a Steve Carell, yep. if we did a, 
Um, uh, Ryan Gosling. I'm trying to think who else potentially. Oh, yeah. Ryan's in that thing. Uh-huh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Adam McKay for sure. Yeah, sure. If he ever gets the 10 as a director. He's got a shot. Sure. Well, after, you know, Vice and he's got the previous work of all the comedies, you can always mm-hmm. go back to the comedies. If the drama stopped working, yeah. it's a second career is coming back with comedy again. That's true. He'll be working for a while. It's like when the, those rock stars go back to country music. And you're like, oh. Yep. Or, yeah, now I'm doing the, do the old standards. Yeah. It's like, like Ray, you know, Rod Stewart. Yeah, doing the standards. You're right. Yeah. Great the, I go to the catalog. Oh, now I'm doing Best of Motown. <laughs> now I'm doing... Nothing <laughs> says your career is not as well as it used to be or, than when you start to go into those Yeah, areas. I need an inflection of cash. Yep. I haven't had a hit of my own. Pat Boone does metal. Yep. Yeah, Pat Boone does metal, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, that dude never wrote his own songs anyway, I don't nope. believe. It's true. Uh, so it's a little, you know, mm-hmm. Rod Stewart, you had. Yeah, and here's a tip for you all. Kelly Clarkson is not doing a TV talk show if her music is selling like crazy. And it isn't, so she's going to a talk show. You know why Katy Perry jumped on to American Idol? Because her music isn't selling as well as it used to. Here's an opportunity to make $15 million doing a show where you get to like criticize other people's talent. Jennifer Lopez, same thing. Making all that money. You know why? Because her music and her movies don't sell. This is how it works. This is the reality of the situation. So, you know, it's the same situation here in that, in that way. That's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. You know, it's talking. There's nothing wrong with that. You're, you are talking to yourself. And unfortunately, I've gotten a few text messages that oh, it's never they, happened sorry, before sorry, the show. Are they important? Uh, sorry. It was vitally important. And you oh, installed twice for me. Twice. I'm trying. I'm doing my best I can. Yeah. Uh, I thank you. Just some people I know are getting ready to go out of the country. Oh. Had to relay some stuff before they go out of the country. No worries, man. And, Don't uh, sweat it. We can always pause the recording for a second. Yeah, it's fine. It's, okay. it's fine. Right. Um, um, that was your number six? That was my six. Which was, again? The Big Short. That's right, The Big Short. Uh, my number seven is Fury. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. Slight punt. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, six is Snatch. So the punt from... Oh, me. okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was not, a massive punt. I know it's not massive, huge, huge. Yeah. But it's a punt. If his part was bigger, easily goes up. Well, I think his part is bigger than it the is big. big short and other play. He is like the he is the instigator of this everything that happens. Okay. Because Maybe. if he doesn't find one punch, if Gorgeous George doesn't go over there and get his ass kicked by one punch Mickey, then uh, Jason Statham's character Turkish is not in all this kind of situation. And you then get a- no argument from me that he is <laughs> more a crux of yes. what befalls. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I'm just saying, Big Short, I enjoy. More as a film overall. That's fair. And see, I'll go see Snatch way more times than I'll see Big Well, it's Short. more fun, so to speak. Yeah. Big Short is like, how can, can you believe this fucking mess we got ourselves into? And Snatch is like, oh, you know, I get to... Dude, watching him fight... Right. It's great. Even after Fight Club, and you knew he could pull off fighting in front of... Mm-hmm. Which is a movie. May or may not be on oh. You know? Spoiler alert. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, you know... When he makes that calculated choice in his mind that I'm done fucking around yeah. in this fight, yeah. you believe it to a degree. Of course. All of a sudden, it's like son of a gun. It's like the first time you see Robert Downey Jr. or Sherlock Holmes, and you're like, wow. Yeah. I didn't think, A, this should ever be in a Sherlock movie, and B, that you would be doing this. Right. But it's just perfect marriage between the two. Yeah. Now, he is easily my favorite part in that movie. And there's a bunch of great characters. Yeah. Uh, Guy Ritchie. When you didn't think you could do another Lockstock, on some level, he made a better movie than Lockstock. Yeah. It's more entertaining in certain aspects. I think Lockstock has better characters overall. Okay. 
just like from the wide array, mm-hmm. whereas Snatch, I think, has more memorable individuals within it. Yeah, Snatch is my, my favorite of his of that early time, right? But and Bricktop is in Lockstock, right? Bricktop. No, yeah. Bricktop is Snatch. Bricktop is Snatch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the thick glasses? Mm-hmm. That's uh, Snatch. Yeah, because the guy playing cards is... Right. Not, not Bricktop. That's Harry. Yeah, Bricktop is pretty damn fantastic. He is. And, and that guy is in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels as Sting's friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but without the glasses. But yeah, he, Bricktop is Bricktop great. Bricktop is in... Mm, Do you know what is? Nemesis means? Like, he's so good. The film is so quotable. It's eminently quotable. It might be my favorite Guy Ritchie film. Maybe Sherlock is... Maybe Sherlock Holmes is... Well, slightly better. Sherlock is the only thing really battling with it, correct? Yeah, yeah. I you're think not so. choosing swept away. You're not choosing no. the, the King Arthur. No, Jesus God. I didn't no. even see it because everybody said it was so god awful. So bad. Rock and Rolla is good, but it's certainly better than Revolver. Um, and I don't know if there's anything else that he. When does Guy Ritchie do a superhero film? That's the next question. It's kind of surprising that he hasn't. Right? At least some of the darker. You tell me you can't do. You know how they did uh, that uh, Gaslight Light. Yeah. Or Gas Lamp uh, Batman. Yeah, the something like by that. Gaslight, yeah. 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 Do something like that, which is like, all right, that seems like a guy Richie. Now after the Sherlock Holmes, you know, maybe when Batman met Sherlock, that happened in the comic books. Yes, it did. <laughs> it seems really dumb. <laughs> well, that's Elseworld stuff. Maybe if there's a Captain Britain origin movie, he could direct it. There's something as generic as Captain I know Captain America. There's Captain Britain. There's there's what? Something Canada. Is there Captain Canada? But I know there's a dude oh, with the maple leaf across there is. The... That's in Alpha Flight. I think he's in Alpha Flight. The dude okay. that has the maple leaf on his chest. I think. Alpha Flight? Yeah. That is terrible. Alpha Flight is the Canadian Avengers. I, I realize. <laughs> as soon as you say it, he's in Alpha Flight and be like, well, that clearly has to be their Justice League, their yeah, Avengers. Yeah, their... yeah, yeah, yeah. You do this all the time in comics. And the thing is, you accept the ones that you're used to, and then sometimes the others are just... I'm, uh, you know, it's like a Robert Townsend's Meteor Man. Yeah. I'm sure there was a Meteor Man. All, all the mystery men. It had to be. <laughs> the Blue Rock. Whereas when, like, when Ryan was on the show going through wrestler names, yeah. sometimes they're generic, and sometimes the generic is so perfectly generic, like the human tornado. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's so bad, it's awesome. It's like, mwah! It's <laughs> juicy good. Yeah, it is. Just perfect. <laughs> All right, well, before we jump into our top five films separately here, let's take a break. and Take a quick break. Yeah, quick break and uh, hear from some of our sponsors of the Top Ten Show. All right, well, that was uh, – thank you so much to those sponsors. You know, that you know we, we made some jumps and some moves, and people have come along to support us and be a part of us. I hope you enjoyed us mm-hmm. promoting their stuff. And, and hey, maybe if, you, if it is of interest to you, go and explore those podcasts or start your own thing at Anchor. That's why we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and let them know we sent you. Yeah, let them know the Top Ten sent you. I heard about you guys on the Top Ten. Yeah. Um, their show is way better than yours. You should stop. <laughs> no, one, don't say that. <laughs> I, uh, not to them. But maybe to somebody else. You can say it to us. How about that? Sure. Yeah, don't say it to I them. am flattered by that every time someone, like on Twitter, will get tagged in something. Yeah. Like, what show should I be listening to? Some feed of an individual I may or may not know. Yeah. And people just pepper them. You should check this show out. And you never know if those people listen to us. We, I, I don't think we've ever gotten a, an, a message or a, or a tweet saying, oh, this person suggests you guys, I listened to you guys, had a great summer listening to you guys. We don't know. But I, I, I've never seen... I'm any, sure we have. I've passed the, the show on to a number of people I've met at times, and they have come back at me and said how much they enjoyed our show. So there you go. So are you saying that you've done it, but you have no anecdotal evidence from other people outside of yourself having yes, done it? Yes, yes, yes. No, I've no anecdotal evidence that other people have come back to say, hey, 
This person on Twitter suggested you guys. I listen to you guys. You guys oh, are okay. That's what I'm saying. I've never had that. Okay, so you want someone to reach out from the abyss <laughs> and let you know that they're there? <laughs> I mean, good luck to us both because True. it will happen now. Hopefully. Someone We will. Someone will reach out either here over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show with there the number 10. Um, we'll let us know. Yeah. Totally will happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number five, my man? Uh, five is the punt from you earlier, Fury. Okay. Cool. Just the idea of, you know, we've seen a lot of war movies. Yep. But I've never seen it from the perspective of inside of a tank. Yeah. And what that reality must be like living in, like somebody else's farts. <laughs> yeah, basically. In diesel fumes mm. for months. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. And the majority of tanks you're going up against are superior to you. Yes. You know, the German tanks are better than the Shermans that we had out there. The, what are they, the Tigers and Panzers? Sure. Uh, I think those might, those might be both. Uh, what we are up against. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ours were quicker. We, we sacrificed armor and caliber of weapon yeah. for speed. And it was also quicker to manufacture, I believe, and get them onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. theirs could destroy us. <laughs> That's why in this one, they had to do like an end round and shoot them from behind, I believe. Yeah. That's the strategic move. It's one of the few places they can get them. But I, I can't, was it like Band of Brothers where they wait for it as it's going over? Maybe it's uh, Saving Private Ryan over a trench and they shoot it from the bottom. Yes. Because the armor is weaker there. Right. Um, but the perspective of that world and the type of kind of psychological construct you have to create from Brad Pitt's perspective. Of, yeah. Sometimes you have to let the brothers beat up on the brothers and other times you need to step in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And they try and, and gain some sort of moments of civility, him and Shia LaBeouf, when they beat the... the Woman that's roughly his age yeah. and her age. I think it's Shy that goes with him, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and have a, a lie amongst themselves to have the facsimile of real life as they make them a meal and he's reading the paper or whatever. And, yeah. and then Barenthal shows up and vulgars up the place yeah. because that's what war is. Yep. It's a dirty so, little thing. Exactly. Reality comes barging right back in. Oh, you playing fucking house over here? <laughs> oh, I like just... The vulgarity of, but if you want to live, you need that in your life. Yeah. And, and uh, what, uh, Michael Pena is in it. You know, it didn't get the best reviews. And my friend was working as a casting assistant. And uh, Barenthal came in f- to read for something. Mm-hmm. And Barenthal was, like, apologizing for being in the movie to the casting director or the, ca- or the person. Who's do- it's like, don't judge me off that movie. Really? That movie was just, and I'm like, dude, you were fantastic in this film. Playing a yeah, the, just a fucking less educated yeah, big. Not, I don't want to say thug, but big right. bully, right? But for our side, yeah. And, and you tell me you don't understand that character, like you don't understand how that that's just a character you're playing. Like the cast director can see past that. So I thought it was an interesting thing. But you know, that's the window into an actor is like really wanting you to go like, well, no, don't see me as just that. I can do this. I can do that. I'm, I've got the skills to do all these kinds of things. So I guess he cuts caught up. Because like you mentioned earlier, Matt, when Barenthal, Barenthal does one thing really, really well, and he crushes it when he's doing it, so maybe he's afraid that he'll get typecast in a certain thing if people start to only see him as part of that, uh, part of, or playing that part only for certain films. And so maybe that's what he was This gave him range, though. Great. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. a different, like, instead of first to second, we might have made it to third year. Yep. I hope he tries more. Like, I don't know. 
that I ever need to see him in a comedy, unless he just crushes a comedy. He wants to. I mean, he started I'm out sure he does. doing romantic comedies. I just, his persona now is such a yeah, yeah, yeah. specific. I don't know if you want to dilute that brand because you could legitimately work in action films and the like mm-hmm. for the next 20 years. Yeah. Especially if you're content to uh, have smaller parts in excellent films. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, all right. So then, then that was my five. What's your five? The assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Uh, that is a punt. Nice. That is a punt. I'm very happy that's a punt. Okay. What's your four? Uh, my four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, uh, that's a punt. I struggle with that one. I think it's so brand new. I've only seen it once yeah. and it already made it to, to that. Mm-hmm. So, uh huh. I hear you. Uh, my four is seven. Oh, that's a punt. Okay. What's your three? Well, this is going to be fun. My three is Jesse James. Okay, let's talk about it. Two Andrew Dominic films on this list. Fascinating. On your list. Yeah, you know, when, when okay. guys work, work with specific directors, there's a very good chance that that director is going to come up. You know, when you have your muse, so to speak. Yeah. It's like Scorsese and DiCaprio. Or oh, Scorsese and Pacino. Not Pacino, but De Niro. De Niro. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, you want to try and limit to me the three apiece? <laughs> That'd be kind of difficult, especially with De Niro. Yeah. No, I'd like to see De Niro. And DiCaprio will get there eventually. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see Pacino in a... In a wouldn't it be funny if he had chosen Pacino? Pacino in, like, fucking Raging Bull or Mean Streets. I'm just... In my head, I just go right into that. I think Pacino could do Taxi Driver. Totally. Totally. Raging Bull, I don't think. You'll never knock me down, Ray. That would be funny. He just doesn't have the physical presence. No, no. He never has. And then even if you put on the weight, maybe. He's a small dude, though, man. It wouldn't have worked. You still have the imposingness, whereas the the mania of Taxi Driver, Pacino could pull that off. Oh, yeah. Totally different vibe, but yeah. Uh, Anyway, oh, he says, this is a great Western. Uh, I call this a lyrical Western. It doesn't get enough love from film fans and from fans of Westerns themselves because it's a film that takes its time and you savor the landscape. You savor the environment. And this is what the West was really like. Like that, that glorified shit that you see sometimes in the older films. This is what it was like. It was sparse. It, people were constantly turning on each other. It was dirty. It was grimy. It was not fun. And being around a guy like Jesse James with his, which has been documented in a number of novels, with his proclivity to turn on a dime because of whatever he was experiencing in his brain, um, was not as exciting as you think. And I liken this to that Azzarello Joker graphic novel where this guy wants to really work for the Joker. And once he spends one whole night working for the Joker, he is he never wants to work for the Joker again. Okay. He's getting close to your heroes sometimes. Yeah. You find out what makes them tick and it scares the living shit out of you. It's interesting, though, when you watch it because you see a pop culture figure, somebody that's now we know his name. Yes. And even in his day, he was one of the most famous people yeah. in this country. Right, good point. But if it's to be believed that he was kind of, you know, losing his mind a little bit, so to speak. And it's hard not to when for 14, 15 years, you've been wanted by the loss. You've yeah. been looking over your shoulder. That's going to breed a certain kind of mania. Sure. And you have killed a couple of your cohorts. One has turned on you and turned state's evidence in essence. Mm-hmm. And you assume they're all out to get you. And he has a story about a guy that showed up to kill him one time that feigned being a big fan of him. Yeah. And the public, just like Casey Affleck's character, loves him. Mm-hmm. He's a, you know, a Pulp Fiction hero, a dime store novel, yeah. you know, a, a hero. Yeah. 
They in the movie at one point they said like the Europe only knows two Americans, Mark Twain and Jesse James. <laughs> it's probably true on some level. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the president's name. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works, but right. because they wrote books or books were written about them, yeah. they can translate across especially Jesse James. What culture doesn't love a good bandit story? Yeah, true. It's universal. True. Robin Hood. Yep. Know his fucking name. The dude just stole shit. Games with the poor. There's really not a lot of evidence that that is the case. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great story. It's true. It's a great it's story. True. Very true. Um, yeah, when you watch for that and then to see then the Casey Affleck character flip and change and have to live with the ignominy of being the guy that killed yeah, yeah. this individual. And then he gets his hands. He he was unstable himself in a different way. Yeah. Right? He, I, I would argue he's on the spectrum, the way Casey plays him. Sure. And uh, when he does what he does, he's been building up to it. You know, it's a tough film to watch, too, because uh, Mary uh, Louise Parker, who plays his wife, sorry. Oh. So it's late at night. Mary Louise Parker plays his wife. Her reaction when he shoots Jesse, and she's just like, why, Bob? Why? Like, it's just, it's so painful to hear, man. What's so, it's reserved. Yes. Because on some level, this was always coming. Right. But in her home, that's where the real shock yeah. comes out. And for someone that they fed and catered to. And sure. Who she, she was, didn't like. She didn't like. She was always suspicious of him. True, true. Um, yeah, but it's like, you know, the, the next day when they're supposed to go out. I think yeah. it was the next day. Um, that's when you anticipate him not coming home. Right. That's when you, like, you can... You can steal yourself for those moments, right. not the unexpected nature. But if he, they had to live under this constant fear of someone that was beyond charismatic, that transcends the age, mm. that they happened to – he was mildly educated white kid from rural Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. Grew up idolizing this guy and eventually gets to hang out with him. I can't even fathom. Yeah. I guess to me that would have been Michael Jordan going, you're on my starting five. Yeah. <laughs> you're hanging out. Yeah. And the whole time, because I would, I, I always say that I think Jesse knew that this guy would eventually. Yeah, take I have him no out. idea. Yeah, I have a feeling about that. And so it's like if Jordan invited someone mm -hmm. who he knew would eventually supplant him, or, or well, yeah, I grew up way. watching all his games. Now he's right. 35 on the championship, like the tail end of his career, yeah, yeah. and I'm just good enough to be drafted. And he's right. specifically, he's like, "You're my two guard." Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of. If because that's how large he loomed in my childhood, yeah. And I play basketball. I still play basketball, and I still follow that. I love that fucking sport. But mm -hmm. if you're that good, that is the dedication of your life at 20 years of age. True, true. Um, Do you so still have that happen? You still play? I didn't know you still. Eh, you know, every once and again. You know, one of my uh, coworkers pushed me down though, and I <laughs> fucked my knee up so hard. Oh no! It, uh, you should have seen me clicking away at my desk though the rest of the day, writing up reports. <laughs> Just. Fire in my eyes. Kiss my ass, I man. could have melted the screen. Kiss my ass, dude. That was concrete on bone. Did you just call me booed? No, dude, I said... It really sounded like ass, you stumbled over that and called me booed. Uh, kiss my ass, man. That hurt that fucking but shit. We both sing a lot of the same songs, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I got a greatest hits. You got a greatest hits. And so, man, and, and there the twins shall meet. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> thankfully, though, we're such interesting individuals. There's going to be a volume two, and there's going to be a volume three. And at least I hope so. Because uh, I want to get back on that court, man. I was looking at those new LeBrons. Oh, those are nice shoes. Or the, no, no, the Greek freak ones, the swipes. Those are oh, nice. 
I've only seen a few pictures of it, but I haven't seen them up close and personally. They have a Coming to America version, which is weird. Oh, why? That's perfect for him. A great tie-in. That's coming a, to America? Yeah. Although he's not a... It's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's Greek. A, that's a riches to rags story. He is a rags, rags to riches story. Exactly, exactly. Well, he did come to America. Well, it's right, but he's Greek. He's not freaking African. And uh, the way his uh, Grecian coach uses him on their team in FIBA is interesting <sighs> at times. Um, he got tossed the other night for an offensive foul. Oh, yeah. His, I think he fouled him out. And no way were the guy's feet set. Yeah. There's been a few interesting calls in FIBA. There's Are we still in it? Goaltending. Uh, yeah. Okay. Goaltending call that uh, France got away with Rudy Gobert, oh. but then Australia knocked them off. Joe, Joe Ingles had a gorgeous move on his teammate, Rudy Gobert. This old man fucking layup, it was so good. And when, the best part is it goes in. Gobert goes under the, the, the rim to yeah. instantly turn the ball in and jingles is given of a fucking stare down <laughs> so good uh fuck you frenchy yeah man it's just like <laughs> i got you mother uh we are still in the middle but yes yeah it's a it's a quiet uh western um yeah. i like that it takes its time i could see where that would turn other people off but i think it's a movie uh, a story that merits it hell yeah man that and open range are the two films that i try to get people western fans to see more because they're films that are long and take their time but they're fantastic for the ending um all right so that was your number three right correct so my number three is fight club uh, uh oh that's your three yeah right, that's my two okay okay what I, can you say reordered the, the my one was pretty much always cemented. Okay. But the top four, they're all kind of mm-hmm. floating around in. Because mm-hmm. once upon a time, I could easily see supplanting both of those. Oh, you're right. After I see it more than once. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, uh, this film is still it works, holds up. Yeah. I saw it again a few months ago from beginning to end. Oh, yeah, for Cinephiles, because we, we did it for Cinephiles. I fucking love the movie, man. I do. Uh, him and uh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton have such great chemistry, and it makes you wonder, like, what the fuck happened to Ed? Like Ed, you would think would have a stronger leg up than Brad, because Ed was writing his shit. I Ed was doing his. He was more of a, a, an art house actor. You would think by now he'd have like three or four awards. I think that's the problem. Is he got too big for his britches too yeah. quick? Yeah, maybe, man. Well, it's just. You know, denigrating superhero films now and lamenting the fact that this Hollywood only does superhero films and be like, well, you did one, too, and it failed. Hmm. Uh, It's easy. uh, You know, there are stories of him being difficult to work with. Yes. Like, he only took the Italian job and phones that the fuck in because he was under contract with, is that Universal or Paramount? I think it's Universal, yeah. Okay, so he's under contract. He had a two-picture deal in the second one where they said, you have to do the Italian job. He didn't do any press for it. He didn't do anything else. Looked down his nose at it. I think he just did that one too many times, mm-hmm. and he didn't have enough hits to back up that type of attitude. Yeah. That's what it is. Look, is the guy talented? Supremely. Absolutely. Supremely. Yeah. Go watch Primal Fear, Fear right. and know that's, I believe, his first film. It is. That's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. American History X, that dude is the same dude. It's the same rage that Jake I Gyllenhaal know. has. Yeah. Where you, like a chameleon, I think Gyllenhaal is actually even better at it, personally. Uh, but Jake doesn't look down on shit. No, like I think that. Jake, you know, yeah. knows how to play the game, yeah. baby. Knows Just, how to fucking roll them bones. <laughs> of course, because he comes from a family who did play the game. Yeah, that's Caleb true. Dish, uh, Caleb, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, the other Gyllenhaal, like, he just comes from a family that does it. So, yeah, they've done it before. So, um, 
Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. You're right. Uh, being a jerk uh, ends up like because now he's like you know seventh banana on a Wes Anderson. Well, he's got film. that motherless Brooklyn or Brooklyn yeah. motherless or whatever coming out right. where he's got Tourette's. Yeah. I I don't know. I saw the trailer and I it left me questioning whether or not that's going to be good. Yeah. Could just be a bad trailer. I don't know. Okay. But in this, I didn't see it in the theater. I actually held oh. off because I thought it was this hyper masculine that just a Mountain Dew commercial in a movie. Right. Just fucking. <laughs> we're skateboarding over a pit of vipers who are on fire. And fuck yeah, dude. Look how rock hard I am. Yeah, that's what I thought. You know, I didn't know anything about the book. Right. I knew that I'd heard the author's name, but I hadn't read it. And I didn't know shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was college one year. I had to be out of my apartment. And a friend of mine had uh, uh, it was like a group of four girls. And they had a house and two of them were gone for the summer. They're yeah. like, we got two bedrooms and there's one that had, in essence, its own side of the house. And they're like, why don't you just take that and you can have your side of the house yeah. and just cover rent on one of the rooms. Like, sweet. And they had a stack of DVDs, and I watched it there. And it's like 2 in the morning. Should have been in bed. It was blown the fuck away. Yeah, man. Like, why was I an asshole about this movie? It's so good. <laughs> and then from then on, just it's, it's only topped by one other. Mm. Although I think Once Upon a Time could leap over it. I've got a feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, the, the direction is incredible from Fincher. The um, colors in the movie, the movements within the movie as well, this idea of him starting some movement against mm-hmm. the establishments, institutions, and then when you realize the twist in the movie, you're just like, oh, my God. But also, the movie has a commentary about our society throughout the whole movie, our, our slavish devotion to our material things that we own and have them defining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that we need to be part of a cult in order to rebel in some way and what that can lead to as well. The fanatical nature of being part sure. of a cult like that. The, you know, what it can do to you to indulge in your violence too much. Uh, like what he does to Jared Leto. That is pure and unadulterated jealousy, it envy, is. and selfishness. It's primal. It's primal, right. But in all the negative ways, right? So all of there's so many lessons throughout the movie about masculinity, mm-hmm. even how he treats Marla, who is this kind of lost person trying to figure out where the fuck she belongs. Oh yeah, the jealousy he develops because she comes in to essentially show the lie that he is back to himself. Well, and also and it pisses him off. He wants to believe that he's one way, and right. she is infatuated with. What he longs to be, but actually doesn't realize he is. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those, Brad Pitt comes out in Thelma Louise, and he was in like, sure, sure, sure. head bit parts on Head of the Class, and uh, I remember on Growing Pains. Right, right. And like all these small little, this little, that little, and you just think he's a face. Yep. And he puts out something like this, and like, it's impossible not to enjoy your work. Yeah. I want to not like you because you're so handsome. Yeah. yeah. And you're so talented that now I think I'm falling in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a soft spot in my heart for Brad Pitt ever since I, I had to be honest with myself. Because, like, Legends of the Fall was tough to not put on oh, this list. Oh, really? I had a hard time. A River putting. Runs Through It was hard to not put on this list. That was easier for me, but Legends of the Fall was real Legends of the Fall was tough. Close. If you like Brad Pitt, yeah. this is sheer, I mean... I honestly would drop it for interview with. I would drop interview with the vampire and put Legends of the Fall. I wanted to do it, but in the end, you know, it I, was tough for me. I've seen interview, and I will see interview more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that end scene, like, you know, 
Hopkins with the stroke, it kind of kills the film to me when it gets. It gets a little much. It does. It gets a little too. And the the brother, what's his name, who's in a bunch of movies at that time, in a river runs. Oh yeah, Aiden Quinn. Yeah, no, it's not Aiden Quinn. Which one? The other one? Henry Thomas is the other brother. Okay, well, it's the main one he goes fishing with all the time. That's River Runs Through It. Yes. That's Craig Sheffer. Craig Sheffer, there you yes. go. Uh, I realize he was the focus. He was the basically mm. the center of that storm. Right, right, right. And Pitt is this kind of wild, you know, yeah. fucking horse that needs to be tamed. Uh, but mm-hmm. I found his character and portrayal more interesting in that. But anyway, yeah. dude's got a lot of work. He does. <laughs> a lot of work. All right, so that was your number two? That was my two. So my two is the Moneyball, the punt from earlier. Wow, really? Yeah, I love him in this movie, man. Uh, it's such an interesting performance because it is so confident and relaxed and um, uh, paternal, both in how he handles Jonah Hill mm-hmm. and how he handles his daughter and how he handles the team, right? Bringing these guys, figuring out what works, pushing forward this idea of metrics and what it all ma- means, mm-hmm. statistics and all this kind of stuff, going toe-to-toe with... Uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, the manager of the, of the of the team, like just trying to figure out how to make this work because he believes this works. He believes it will lead oh, to yeah. victory, and in the end, he is proven right. Now, does it, it doesn't lead to a World Series victory. He never has uh, in terms of the A's, but uh, for that during that time. But he's right in changing baseball and his determination to change baseball. And so, it's such a um, deceptively. Difficult performance, uh, and I love watching him in it because it, he makes it seem so effortless, mm-hmm. but he is doing so much inside, mentally and physically, in the, creating this character. And I love the scene when he's working out and they're breaking the record, and he can't even watch it because yeah, he, he never, has a thing about the, it. Well, the one time he goes in to watch, they lose. Yeah, right. He has a well, thing it, about it. I've, you know, there are other GMs that have those uh, characteristics, but the fact that that mentality has now spread to the rest of society. Right. It moved into other sports, and now other people try and look at data within their field and go, how can we replace this? How can we improve right. this? Just allowing the math to help you know, make some of the decisions. When he's sitting in that scout meeting, yeah. and they're trying to figure out which prospects are the best, and in essence, they're... It's a bunch of guys going, that dude's got a big dick. <laughs> we should definitely hold on to him. And you're like, what? What is that? You ever seen his girlfriend? No chance. This guy's got no chance. And you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, it's like uh, uh, when Lovitz finds, I can't, I don't remember the actress's name in A League of Their Own. Yeah. She's not a looker. Marla Hooch. She can play. Yeah. Marla Hooch. She can yeah. play. Just like you can't let the looks of the individual overshadow the talent. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Right. It's a sport, not, you know. Right. A, that's a different competition. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's what I say. Like, and, and I think he got nominated for this one, I think, or people wanted him to get nominated for this performance. And, and I see why. He's so incredible in it. And it's such a completely different type of performance than we've seen before. Because it's not dynamic. It's not, wow, you know, it's more restrained. And in the restraint, there's, you know, he could do more. But the fact that he doesn't, I love, I love that about it. So um, that was my, okay, so what's your number one? One is apart from you earlier, seven. Ooh, okay. All right, number one. That was my number four, so okay, go ahead. Uh, this is one of his movies. I think it'll stand up for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. It's such a simple premise, The Seven Deadly Sins, and a killer that follows The Seven Deadly Sins. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't believe that didn't exist before, <laughs> even in real society. Right. People kill for all kinds of dumb reasons. Oh, if Mindhunter is to be to believe, you know, Son of Sam wasn't... 
doing exactly what he said he was, which is kind of brilliant if that is true. That was my favorite scene of the series, of the season. Season one had more of that. Yes. You had to sit in and talk with the killer. Absolutely. Season two was the now putting this into practice, what we've learned, which makes sense. And season three probably will have even less conversations with the serial killer, more about Ah, the cases. Maybe they go back to basics. Maybe. Kind of like uh, John Wick 3. Hey, let's go back to the world we've already had. Yeah, maybe. I hope so, because those are the the best parts for me of season one. It's like, this is fascinating. Right. So the stuff that we all take for granted now, like taking trophies. I know that about serial killers. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the scene of the crime to relive it and be enthralled. Like, the idea that individuals at that time didn't realize that. And like, it makes all the sense in the world because this is where they felt most powerful in life. Mm-hmm. Then to them, they had complete control in this moment. And how often can any of us say that? Yeah. Like, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to their fucked up perspective. <laughs> so in this seven, you know, he, there's all kinds of great little things when you go back and, uh, watch it now within specific uh, direction within shots mm-hmm. how i think it's fincher again how he's framing certain aspects and allowing the camera to subtly tell you a story yeah. as you're following along with the uh, the the action and interaction and dialogue of the characters itself but mm-hmm. how he sets up shots where eye lines meet so you're unconsciously not realizing how Pitt is slowly becoming equal in Morgan Freeman's eyes. Yeah, interesting. How the camera is framing the interaction between the two of them. That's a great point, man. Yeah, and eventually it gets to the point where they're always at these equals. And then, mm-hmm. like the shift at the end, the camera, the way they're framed within it, reveals that shift as it's happening. Yeah. And you're like, dude, this guy thought of so much, as any good director does, baking in all kinds of small little elements to it. Yeah. It just It's a pitch-perfect movie to me. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. And his performance is incredible, even with the somewhat cheesy at the end. You know, what's in a box? Um, I, see, I think that's perfect. Uh, and But I like his arrogance. I like his mm-hmm. overconfidence. Because he probably didn't want to be a cop. He probably had other ideas and probably played sports, maybe thought about them. But this is what he ended up as, a, a, a detective, rather. Mm-hmm. But he bamboozles this poor, young, innocent wife in uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character to follow him because she's kind of lost trying to figure out what she wants to do herself in the world. There's no way if what happened didn't happen in the movie, there's no way they're still married in their 30s. She would have left him. She would have totally left him. Yeah. Because he doesn't learn the lesson and he keeps uh, obstinately pushing forward thinking he's got the moral high ground constantly and look what it costs him. And I think that's that's what's fantastic about Pitt in the movie is that like he's too dumb for his own good, yet um, he's willing to risk it all in this like desire to prove something, right? Yeah. He's, he's proving something within himself, but everything else is getting destroyed around him as he tries to prove this. You so know? He's doing surgery with a hammer yeah. instead of a scalpel. Yeah, he almost brings down Morgan Freeman with him. Uh, um, she, he's in, he has to work overtime and to get him to kind of understand what's happening. It's Morgan. Who's the, uh, the soul of the movie or, oh, and, and with Gwyneth Paltrow being the heart, it is Pitt. Who's like the, the fists of the movie, like just trying to bang and bang his way through things, uh, and clumsily. So like, even, even in that scene, uh, where, uh, he kicks the door open and Morgan free goes, you stupid Exactly. Well, you don't. Anything you find now is inadmissible, right? Unless you get a witness to lie, which he does in the worst. Yes. Yeah, I saw that guy. 
run it in over there. Yeah. Hey, you got my twenty dollars? Type of it's like yeah. everybody knows this is a lie. Right and the now. cop even taking the statement is like, oh yeah, my God. raising his eyebrows. But yeah. that cop taking the statement knows. Yeah. On some level, right. We've been searching for this guy. We just found his home. Lie. Yeah. Fucking lie. Yep. Because yep. it's not like that guy's going to come forward and suddenly go, baloney. Well, and that's why I think his punishment is delivered the way it is, because he broke every law trying to catch this thing. It's evil. He became what he was chasing. And not in, the, not in of course, in the serial killer kind of way, but in the violating morals and yeah, ethics. violating the virtue of what his job is supposed to be. Exactly. Exactly. Um, although Morgan Freeman kind of does that, too, when he taps into the list that the FBI is not supposed to be calling. Right. So he's breaking the laws. But well. he's using his sources, right? He's using his so that he's developed. Just saying, yeah. you're choosing, you're saying one breaking of the law is better than another, which, yes, uh, but by definition, they're all at fault because they're breaking the law. True. They could be violating your civil liberties right now and justifying it afterwards. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. I'm saying one was just, one just did it way more than the others, all in my opinion. <laughs> you're throwing a dart and painting a bullseye afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't so think you're, so. You're going to succeed no matter what, going, wow, this is different because of. Well, you kill 10 people or one person, there's a difference. Um, Still, ultimately, death is a death. True. Did the 10 people, you could say the result of that 10 people is we stopped those 10 from killing a million, whereas that was just one person dead. Well, that's certainly a way to look at it. So then it's more justifiable to kill the 10 people. Well, I had to kill these million could be. because they would have killed a billion. Could be. Could be. A little bit. If I kill Stalin, though, I don't have to worry about it. I save $20 million. Uh, it's all in who you kill. Uh, basically, is what we're trying to say here on the top ten. Well, you get no gulags. You get no Serbia. Mm-hmm. I met a dude from Serbia, and he's like, you've heard of Serbia? And I was like, of course I've heard of Serbia. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Have you run into Americans that haven't? Yeah. He was a young kid. Who's the, the three movers, they were all three. One was Chechen. The other two were Russian. Holy shit, dude. One guy was uh, moved furniture, but he's in med school. Mm-hmm. And then another one was going to be an architect, and the Chechen spoke about five words of English. Wow. So we had hand signals. They were all three nice, and they were all in their like, early 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Siberian was like, you've heard of And I was like, yeah, yeah. Everybody here, by and large, has heard of Siberian. We all know that. It's a reference within our culture. I didn't yeah. tell this, but yeah. I was just like, yeah, of course I've heard of Siberian. Of course. Yeah. No one wants to end up there. Um. All right, that was your number one? Yeah, so, so your number one is... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time. I, I was so shocked that it went all the way to number one for me. Um, but How many times have you seen it? Twice. Okay. Uh, he is so fucking good in this movie. Uh, from top to bottom, beginning to end, mm-hmm. every scene, it is prime Brad Pitt. He is uh, stupid in certain moments. He is... Um, incredibly uh, precise with his violence Mm -hmm. in other moments, and he's confident throughout the movie. He plays status of hanging out with a guy, and and he never... Oh, that's one of the best parts. Yeah, he never co-ops the dude's success or fame. He's just there for the ride. He's there for the ride. And when he drives back to his house to eat the beans and hang out with his dog, he's not depressed. That's just his life. He accepts his life as it is. 
But I like as he progresses through the movie, when you see him in certain moments, like that reaction to his wife, and he almost, and who knows if he kills her or not, but the look on his face when he's listening to her nag at him about something. Yeah. And then later on when he's having that conversation with Kurt Russell and then the conversation with Bruce Lee, which, um, you know, obviously that's controversial how they portrayed him, but like there's so many great sequences and scenes with him. He steals the movie from DiCaprio, in my opinion. He's the reason I enjoy that movie more than DiCaprio. Oh, uh, see, I think DiCaprio steals the movie. And you're talking to a guy that's been in love with Brad Pitt since <laughs> 1990. Yeah, you joke about uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Brad Pitt, you got to. That's your real thing. That's a legitimate. Okay. So, like, like, uh, dude, for what? I mean, I've seen almost everything he's ever done. Right, right. There's a few. Like, I haven't seen Babel. I haven't seen Tree of Life. Yeah, I, I, I think Tree of Life would have made my list if I had watched it. It's the one Malik okay. that I haven't seen for some fucking I'm not the reason. biggest Malik. Yeah, I am. I'm crazy stupid I about Malik. Uh, you know, like uh, long, ponderous shots where you have to come up with all the psychological and philosophical discussions on your own? No, true. thank you. It's true. I Just like these it. sweeping, beautiful shots. Beautiful. Yeah. And I have no idea what exactly the character is mulling over in their head right now, but it looks amazing. Yeah. It's usually 10 thoughts at once. <sighs> Um, anyway, I just enjoy him in the movie, and that's why it's my number one. And I, and, and I think he's incredible. He um, is. Yeah. And, um, but, but, and when I say DiCaprio steals it, like, this is a 55-45. Well, sure. This is an outright sure, theft. Sure, 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 sure. Pitt is still flat-out amazing in it. Yep. Agreed. But I think if it's just like we have to go down the list of my favorite scenes, DiCaprio is going to dominate more of that discussion okay. for me. All right, fair. Uh, all right, well, that's our separate uh, lists, uh, top ten lists for Brad Pitt. Movies. Now we're going to put this thing together and uh, compile our list of the top ten Brad Pitt films. Uh, do you want to write? Sure. Okay. Do you want to go grab drums? Oh God damn it! Do I have to? What number do you have? Seven. Yeah, that real low, didn't you? Four. Oh. So right. I've got Once Upon a Time at four. Oh. Are we doing the coin? We might have to do the coin. I will grab it out of my bag while no, you. No, no. Oh, you got the. The weighted, uh, the weighted coin? I've got the, the most recent coin that we got from Yes, Hudson. that we've already established yeah, is weighted. You believe it's weighted. I don't believe it's We did it on the show where we sat there and flipped, and you won over like 87% of the time. Oh, really? That's not what that information means? That's a bunch of horse shit. A bunch of baloney. I can just feel it's ever so slightly heavier when you have the queen side facing down. I don't understand why they made that choice, though. So this is silver dollar-sized, roughly. Elizabeth II, DG Regina, a 2016 coin. And on the back side, so this is a Canadian mint official, and they just made a, uh, a Superman logo on the other side. Although it's got a dent in it. Did you know that? Hasso, you hearing that? Roca dented your coin. It is no longer a perfect circle. It has a slight imperfection on the side. We probably shouldn't be using this to flip it. It's a nice coin. I don't know. It's freezing here. It's like they turned the AC on. Yo, do you know there's a dent in the side of this? In the coin. No, you could see it flat out. Yeah, dude, I sat over here and I said a bunch of terrible stuff about Texas and then I threw did it against the really? wall. Holy of course shit. I did. Don't say shit about Texas. Just do the left of it's the logo asshole. there. It's slight, but you can see it when you turn on the side. That's a Canadian maple. No, I said to the left. That's to the right. Oh. <laughs> you see it? Yes. Uh, I, I did not see it. He came up with Queen. He jumped and grabbed that super, super quick. 
Uh, I don't believe him. I don't, I'm going to get in close. We're going to be dead air for a second. Suddenly tonight, it's flipping for me. The other, the last time, I swear to God, this was, it was all super. There's Superman. All right. All right, there we go. That's three to one. All right. Three to one. We'll go to ten. We'll see how it ends up. Ten. Four to one. Well, all you got to do is get to six. Five to one. But this oh. seems really weighted. This is weighted. I think, I think you put, like, stick them on your hand. Five, two. <laughs> so you knew you could control the flight. Six, two. We see, you would disregard that. In the other room, you disregard anything that hit a physical object not named the floor. Right. I'd call that five, three. Five. Is what I'd call that. Five, three is what I'd call that. We do this a lot on this show. 5-4. Suddenly, we're starting to even up. 5-4. It's 5-5. Five, five. Okay. So it's not, so it's not. Give me one more. Here's the tiebreaker. It's coin. I'm dancing around it. All right. Oh, oh. This is an unweighted coin, but there is a dent in the side. Hasso, I'm not sure what happened. Yeah. Looks like you got the... All right. All right. So number one overall, it's seven versus once upon a time in heaven, yeah. Hollywood. Right. I almost said heavenwood. Are you ready? Yep. I hit something. Remember we said it's not supposed to hit? Boo! Oh, I thought it was on its downward because <laughs> we counted the ones that landed on the cords, just not the one that bounced off of the table. Fine, fine. Go ahead. Uh, I think that seems about fair. You think anything worse than your seven, favorite Seven. Of course I do. It's a matter of perspective. <laughs> Why? So once upon a time in Hollywood too. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then you got uh, Jesse James and Fight Club. Where I have uh, Jesse James. I have Jesse James at five. Fight Club at three. Fight Club is next. Okay. Moneyball is two, but that's what nine on yours. Um. Jesse James beats it. Okay. And you said what for Moneyball? Two. That's my number two. Seven. Yeah, that wins. Okay. Moneyball. What are we up to? That's top five is done. Okay. Uh, where'd you have Fury? I think it's five, six, isn't it? Seven. Seven. So at that five, seven, big short you don't have. Nope. Snatch you got where? Six. Okay, so Fury, then Snatch. Okay. And then... Can you beat Big Short at six? I don't think we have any common, no. Any common ones left. What's your next highest? Uh, Eight with 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys makes it. Do you have your nine? Yeah, Ocean's 11. All right, I got Killing Them Softly at nine. Mm-hmm. You got that coin in your hands. Flip it up. Flip, 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 flip. Mm. Hey, you won. Hey, See? Hit side. I counted. You're consistent. And Oceans closes out. All right, good to go. All right, let's do this thing. The top 10 Brad Pitt movies, yeah. At number 10. Ocean's 11. At number 9. 12 Monkeys. At number 8. The Big Short. At number 7. Snatch. At number 6. Fury. At number 5. Moneyball. At number 4. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert 
Four. Four, thank you. At number three. Fight Club. At number two. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And our number one Brad Pitt movie is... Siete. <laughs> well done, well done. What's in a box? Uh, all right, well, there you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Top 10 Show this week, the Top 10 Brad Pitt Movies. We really appreciate you all taking the time to download our show and enjoy and retweet the show and tell everybody you love about the show. It really helps us keep growing step-by-step, uh, step, so appreciate that greatly. And we hope you enjoyed the three videos up at Patreon.com. You can find uh, those videos over there to our, uh, I believe it's Chimp Strong and Above Hey-o. tiers. Uh, join us over there. We throw out all kinds of different stuff for classic shows, topic thunders, shout outs, relists, uh, blah, 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 guys. We got so much. I'm forgetting th- tons of things. There's so much happening. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and join the discussion over there. And you can follow me online at Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T. Yeah, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and, of course, all the different things I do there and, of course, stuff at Collider. So thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We will talk to you next time on the Top Ten Show. Top Ten.